Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hello, everybody, man. Welcome today to Southside Church. Thank you for joining us and participating in worship with us today. I'm so excited that you are here and that you would choose. You made a choice today to be a part of this experience. And we just say, at least for me, and I know from so many others, thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing us to fulfill the mission that we believe God has given us as a church, which is to build real followers of Jesus. And that's our desire. That's our desire for you is you have a real encounter, a real that turns into a real developing, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we simply invite you to come join with us in the vision of making it real easy to go to heaven from right here where we are in Northeast Georgia. And so you're helping us accomplish that today. And I'm so thankful for you. Today, we start a new series that I'm excited about uh, because I think it's something that we know nothing about. <laughs> I think it's something that we don't practice, we don't understand, and, um, and we don't reap the benefits of it. And um, it's simply, it's, 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 this is what it's called. It's called the Sabbath. And it's a time of walking through God's Word and seeing what He has to say about the term Sabbath rest. I'm going to ask you a question. Here it is. Do you have a rhythm of rest to your life? Do you have moments, days, weeks, or seasons of your life where you unplug? And I know the answer to that because the for me, most of the time, if probably not all the time, the answer is no. Why? How do I know that? Because, and I don't even have it with me right now. I was about to pull out my phone, but it's not here. But I'll tell you what is here. My watch. It's right here, which indicates to me everything that is going on. It gives, I can answer a call from this. I can answer a text message. I can respond to an email. I can get sport updates. I can get news updates. I can find the weather. I can even tell you what my heart rate is at this particular time in my life, okay? This is what it tells me. Because of devices like this, our cell phones and technology, we are never off. We are never truly unplugged. We are always plugged in. And here's the reason why. If we're not, we might miss something. Something might go down that we don't know about, that we need to know. I don't let my phone out of my sight. You know why? Somebody might need me. You might need me. You might have an emergency, and I might have to put my pastor light on my car and drive and weave through traffic, which I wish we had one of those. That would be so cool. Maybe it's a purple light or something like that, kind of like the old school days. You put that thing up on your car. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, there goes the pastor. He's moving to help somebody. I love that. Okay, but that's the way we operate. I operate like that. You operate like that. We see that with social media. We are never off. We see that with all kinds of different things today. And because of those things, we really don't know how to unplug. And we definitely don't have a rhythm of rest to our life. And so today, I want to help you with that. Because really, there's two mentalities when it comes to work and rest. We either rest 
to work, which means that rest is bad and work is good, or we work to rest, which the opposite is true. Work is bad and rest is good. And so that is kind of the principle a lot of us live by. We work really hard so that we can rest, and the rest moments are few and far between, okay? And so today, it's very simple. The statement that I want to communicate to you, we need rest. Amen, somebody. Come on now. You know that's right. We need rest, but probably we need to say it a little differently. We need to learn to rest. And God teaches us that from his word. The definition, though, for rest says this. It means to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh, or recover. Oh, that sounds so good. An instance or period of relaxing or ceasing to engage in strenuous or stressful activity. See, rest is a necessity. But in our culture, in our life today, we have absolutely perverted its meaning. And we, we've confused the meaning of rest with leisure because they are not the same. How many of you, when you go on vacation, i.e. to Disney World or to some amusement park or Dollywood or something like that, you come back home and you say, man, I need a vacation from my vacation. That happens when, like many of us in the season of life that we're in and we're chasing young children, we find ourselves in those predicaments. We find ourselves running from appointment to appointment practice to practice, this to that, trying to accomplish everything we possibly can, not in a given week, but in a given day. Even Sundays can become so busy and so hectic and crazy. Even the church can do that. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. Do this, do that, read this, read that. Ah! What do we need? We need rest. But in order to get it, we need to learn how to do it. In Genesis chapter 2, God begins to paint a picture for us in the very beginning of time, the principle of Sabbath or rest. It says, so the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God, by the seventh day, God completed his work. Today and the next three weeks, we're going to look at this, this term called Sabbath, and we're going to see what it means for us in our life today. Why? Because there is great meaning to it. Over hundred, almost 150 times in the Bible, God uses the term Sabbath and references it and brings it together. And so I want to break down the meaning of that term over the next few weeks and help us understand it, but also help us find ways to incorporate it into our life and practice it. Why? We need rest. And so today, what we'll see in this passage here, in Genesis chapter 2, it says when we go back, the heavens and earth were everything in them were completed. How many days? Six days. And by the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the things that he had done. And it says God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. 
for on it he rested from his work of creation. Now, stop right there. You can say, Pastor, I don't have a day to rest. I don't have a moment to rest. I mean, my day starts in a frantic race and pace, and it ends with me falling over late into the night and and exhaustion and waiting for it to go again. And because of the season and cycle of life I'm in, it doesn't seem like it's going away. Well, I want to help you. I want to help you understand Four different ways we'll look at the term Sabbath. Number one, we'll call it closing the loop, and that's what it's seen as here, where God is closing the loop on his creation. In six days, he made everything, the night, the evening, and the morning were the first day, the second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, and everything that he created, he said, was good, with the exception of us, and he said, we're very good. And at the end of that, God stopped. He rested. Was it because God was tired? No, God wasn't tired. God was closing the loop on his creative work, meaning this. It's like an electrician closing a circuit in an electrical circuit. It's, it's for example, it's your kitchen light switch. If it doesn't work and you turn the switch on and it's not on, there is a gap in the circuit. The loop is not closed. Or if you turn the light switch on in the kitchen and it opens the garage door, the circuit is connected to the wrong thing, okay? So there could either be a gap or a bad connection. Well, that's, the, that's what we're seeing here. God wasn't tired. God simply is teaching us the principle of looking back, remembering what he did, the work he completed, the loop that he closed in order for us to see the power of doing the same. We'll also talk about it in ways like this. And Sabbath is a way for us to, to return to the truths of God's Word. It's a way for us to refocus on the mission and the task ahead. And it's a place for us to enjoy and celebrate the journey and life that God has given us. But first things first, let's talk about closing the loop. And so closing the loop on this day, God closed the loop on his primary creation activity. He closed it by resting and looking back upon it to survey what had been accomplished. See, I believe this. There can be little order in our world when we do not understand or pursue genuine rest. There can be little order in our world, in our private world, when we do not understand nor pursue genuine rest. So how do you and I do that? How do you and I close the loop on our busy lives? Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word, for the truth in your word, the power in your word, the peace in your word. May it speak today. May it speak powerfully to the people that are listening. May we learn how to apply it to our life, and may we never be the same again. Amen. How do we close the loop on our busy lives? I believe it's three things. I believe we see it in Hebrews 4, and it's called stop, obey, and rest. 
Stop, obey, and rest. The first thing we see, how do we close the loop? How do we close the loop on our busy lives? How do we truly unplug? You have to stop. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Jeff is back with this. No, I'm just kidding. This, But this is what we do. Hebrews chapter four, verse one, therefore. Whenever you see the word therefore, in your Bible, you ought to ask yourself the question, what's it there for? Therefore, while the promise to enter his rest remains. God is speaking and he is revealing himself to his people. The book of Hebrews in the New Testament is kind of like an Old Testament book dropped into the New Testament. This is what it is. It's a great book to learn and, and, and try to process and understand the, the, the Hebrew way and culture and how God meets us through that and accomplishes so many things. There are, there are five different warnings that are given through the book of Hebrews to us as his people. And one of the warnings that we see is the second one actually that comes at the end of Hebrews chapter three that leads into chapter it is the warning against unbelief and, 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 and how unbelief creeps into our life. Why and how? Because we don't stop, we don't obey, and we don't know how to rest. And so in chapter 3, the therefore, what we see is that God came to deliver his people. And that deliverance leads to development. And what development means is this. Development is simply God using difficulties, trials, problems, all kinds of issues and struggles in our life to develop our faith. See, we don't want that. We want God to use good things in our life, help us have lots of mountaintop experiences. But that's not where true growth comes from. That's not where we learn faith. We learn faith and growth, not from the mountaintop experiences, but from the valleys below, the valleys of the shadow of death, the quiet and still waters that are there along the riverbanks, the places where God shows up around the table of the presence of our enemies, that God set a place for us there. Psalm 23 is a great place to go and see all that God has to say and all that God wants us to learn about this thing called life. And it starts simply with, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I shall not be in need. Why? Because he has, he has provided for me everything that I am and everything that I need. Deliverance, development, and then destiny. He helps me see my purpose and my meaning in life. We don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. We busy. We don't know how to rest. God's not talking about rest just because we're tired, but let's just be honest. We're tired. We're exhausted. We have bags and circles under our eyes. Why? Because we run and we never stop. And, and Sabbath means more than just taking a nap and doing nothing. But it means that. But it also means, it can mean so many other things. And God is simply teaching his people, stop. Moments seasons, times of your life where you simply stop. Therefore, while the promise to enter his rest remains, the promise that God was delivering or sharing with his people 
It still remains for us today. God was leading the Israelite people out of bondage. He was delivering them and leading them into the promised land. They got to the entrance of the promised land. It should have taken them 11 days to get there from, from where God gave them the Ten Commandments to the Jordan River, and they got to that point. They did not obey God. They did not trust God in that process, and therefore, it took 40 years for them to complete the circuit and close the loop of what God wanted for them. God had a promised rest for them, a land flowing with milk and honey. It didn't mean the land was going to do everything for them and they were just going to sit back in leisure and luxury and wait and be waited upon. No, it meant they were going to have to work and they were going to have to do things, but God was instituting cycles and seasons and celebrations in their life so that they could remember, so that they could focus, so that they could pursue the things that God had for their life and truly learn to how, how to enjoy this earth. God gave us this place for us to enjoy. He told Adam and Eve, he said, bless, bless. You are blessed. Multiply yourself here. Enjoy this place that I've given you. Learn how to rest in who I am and what I've given you in your life. And so that promise to enter his rest still remains today. So let us fear that none of you should miss it. It's a fearful thing, Hebrews 10 tells us, to fall into the hands of the living God. But we should also be fearful that we should miss out on the promise of God's eternal rest. Verse number two, for we also have received the good news just as they did. You know the good news. You're here. You've received, you're sitting in it. Maybe you haven't received the good news of Jesus Christ, but you're on your way to doing that. But many of us have received the good news just as they did. But the message they heard did not benefit them since they were not united with those who heard it in faith. What's he speaking about here? He's speaking about the rebellion that takes place at the promised land doors or gates or river where they go into that region. There was a place where they did not believe, they did not, they weren't unified together in where they were going, so they missed it. They, they simply missed it. And God is saying here, this is a place of deliverance. This is a place where I'm leading you to freedom. But you've got to stop and remember who I am, what I've done in your life, so that you can receive it and live it. Verse 3. For we who have believed enter the rest. In keeping with what God has said, God said this, he said, I swore in my anger, they will not enter my rest. Why? They didn't believe, they were disobedient. And yet his works have been finished since the foundation of the world. Genesis chapter two shows us God's work was complete. His creative work was finished. And from Genesis 2, verse 4 
own. It is all about another process. It is about God's creative work working and operating. It is about God's redemptive work to bring his son into the world so that his work could be complete, a work of salvation, a work of completion, a work of restoration, reconciliation in your life with him. That's what the story of the Bible is about because we messed it up. God completed it. He closed the loop. He looked at it. He said, it's so good. I've made it. I'm going to teach my people how to do it. And then in Genesis 3, we mess it up. We take and we use it for our own selfish purposes. And the rest of this story is about God showing us his son so that you would be able to enter the rest the eternal rest with him, not about dying and going to heaven, but about having relationship with him in your life. He says, they will not enter my rest, and yet his works have been finished since the foundation of the world. Verse four, for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this way. I thought that was funny. That's just a preacher writing and going, I know he said it somewhere, but I don't remember where it is. Well, I can tell you where it is. It's in Genesis chapter two. But this guy was like, somewhere he said it. And on the seventh day, God rested from all of his work. You see, it's it's hard for us to trust God, to let go, to depend on him. We, We have to plan for these things because if we fail to plan, we're simply planning to fail. We've got to learn how to stop. Why? Because a restless life produces a restless person. How do we close the loop on our busy lives? Lives Stop. Number two, obey. Obey. It's, we, get, we, get, we get caught up in stop, look, and listen. Well, this is stop and obey. Obey what God has said. We don't obey what God has said because we don't know what God has said. Verse number five, again, the writer writes, in that passage, he says, they will never enter my rest. Why? Disobedience. Disobedience is what keeps us from the peace and true joy of life that's found in the Lord. And so here, it says, since it remains for some to enter it, there's still, there's still opportunity, there's still hope that you can enter it. And those who formerly received the good news did not enter it because of their disobedience. It says again, he specifies a certain day, today, speaking through David after such a long time as previously stated, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not turn away. Do not disobey what God is saying and speaking into your life. He's speaking of the development process. There's deliverance, then there's development. See, we want to say yes to Jesus and everything just be smooth sailing for the rest of our life, but that's not how God works. God uses the trials and the tribulations, the pain and the problems to develop our faith and help us focus deeply upon him. You see, reliance on God brings rhythm and rest to our life. 
Israel didn't enter the Canaan land. Uh, They didn't enter it because of something that God was waiting on. They didn't enter it because they wouldn't obey. And God instituted things into their lives, into their calendar, into their seasons that would help bring holiness and productivity into their life. And these things were daily, they were weekly, they were monthly, they were seasonally, they were annually rhythms that he placed in their life. Why? Because he wanted to have them, them to have cycles of rhythm and rest. So how do we close the loop? We're getting there. We've got to stop. We've got to obey. And finally, we've simply got to rest. We've got to rest. What does your day look like? How does your day get started? For most of us, it starts with this annoying sound. Or maybe you're a little better than some of us and it's some peaceful ocean breeze or birds chirping or some kind of music that you'd like to have come on. Most of us, though, we hit the snooze button. And for our phones, in five minutes, it'll start again, or in seven minutes, and then it's like this countdown, and we hit it over and over and over again. And before long, we find ourselves oversleeping. We get up in a frantic pace, and we're yelling at everybody, and we're throwing Pop-Tarts in a toaster, and then they're hot, and we're shoving them in our kids' mouths, and we're throwing their backpacks on them, and we're running to the car, and we're weaving in and out of traffic, and we're screaming at each other, and we're yelling, and we're angry, we got so much to do. And then we drop them off and we fight traffic and we go to work and we've got the issues and the problems of those days and then we come home and we've got to cook supper and we've got to give baths and heaven forbid if they're in sports because they try, they go to practice every night of the week and it's exhausting. Then we come home and when it's all said and done, we fall over. And then on the weekends, we go to ball games and practices and events and recitals and Sunday, if we have time, we come to church. And there at church, we're told of the other things that we have to do in order to be close to God. Wow. (laughs) There's no time to rest. Stop? (laughs) My world doesn't stop. Obey? That would be nice. I would love. I don't think it's a a place where people don't want to read the Bible. I just simply think they don't have time to read the Bible. So how do we find that? Well, friend, you and I have to plan for it. We have to find times and seasons into our life. For Sunday, for me, is not a day of rest. Sunday, for some of my family members that are older, more seasoned, we'll say, maybe parents, or grandparents you might know that have lived, that have come through several generations and established habits. In the Southern culture, the Sabbath and Sunday was, was a day of rest. And a lot of an, of a, of an older generation, they'll come to church. They're faithful to come to church because that's a part of their day, their rest. They'll go home. And, and maybe they've prepared a meal the day before because that's what mama did or that's what grandmama did because you don't cook on this day. And then the afternoon is filled with rest and sleep. And then that's, that's maybe an older generation and you've got a day there where you recuperate some. 
But then there's some of us that are in a season of life that I'm kind of slowly coming out of, but I truly understand it. Where you've got more than one, you got one kid, two kids, or God help you if you're outnumbered and you got more than two kids and you're chasing them everywhere, throwing them all over the place and going in all different directions. You don't have time for it. Not unless you plan for it. Take for example, let's take this next week. And over the course of the next week, could you find one day, one moment in your day? Maybe it's lunch, maybe it's breakfast, maybe it's getting up a little earlier, maybe it's staying before you crash at night, which I hate that about doing a quiet time or having any type of moment like that at the end of the day because my day's finished. I would encourage you to do it early. Do it sometime in the start of your day, on your way to work, instead of listening to traffic or music or something like that. Maybe you find the Bible app and just find a reading plan that somebody can read to you, preferably the British guy with the cool accent. But you have a moment where you're receiving the Word of God into your life. Maybe couple that with a worship song that you prepare for. And you pray, simply pray and ask God to prepare you for the day. What is that? It's rest. You may not realize it, but it's rest. Can you take a day or time, an hour in the next month to have a nap? To have some time off to unplug, to shut it down? I don't know your world, but I know my world. And I know if I don't plan for it, it doesn't happen. Hebrews 4. For if Joshua had given them rest when the Israelites went and entered into the promised land, if that was the rest that God had for them, if that was the end all be all, God would not have spoken later about another day. Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. What is he talking about? It wasn't just about Israel going into the promised land. Yes, that was land that God had for them and promised them and gave to them, but God is leading people to something greater. To not just the Israelite people, all people, preparing something for them that doesn't just last for their lifetime, it lasts for all eternity. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. In other words, he has closed the loop. Check this out. Closing the loop also can mean a completion of communication or a project. The person who issued the instruction gets a report on the outcome. The instruction goes out, things get done, and a report comes back to the one who issued it. It can be said that the task or the project has been nailed down. Wow. There was a day that came after this day, before our day, where God nailed down and closed the loop for all of us. 
he nailed it. And he nailed it to the cross. Hebrews 4.11 says, Let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. Sabbath rest brings peace into our private world. And when we find the place of godly rest, we will see just how tough and resilient we can be. Today, let's learn to rest ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Today, what kind of effort do you need to make to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ? What do you need to do? What, what is it about your relationship with Jesus Christ that you can bring into that relationship to experience the peace and rest that God wants to put deep into your soul today? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? And so do no matter where you are, what's going on in and around your world, I can relate from the standpoint of it's busy. It's hectic, it's crazy, it's chaotic, it's stressful. Full of anxiety. How do we find help in those moments? How do we find peace? How do we find rest? Well, friends, you gotta close the loop. Come back to the one who has authored life. Come back to the one who is offering you more than just rest for your body. He's offering you rest for your soul. Simply do this today. Cry out to him. Call out to Jesus. Acknowledge the fact that you're lost. You're, you're a sinner. You need him. And you invite his rest, his peace, his forgiveness to take over your life. Simply say this and believe it in your heart, Father God, I believe you love me so much that you sent your one and only Son to be my Savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Restore me to you. Say to him, Jesus, be the Savior and Lord of my life. I am ready to follow you. I say yes to you today. Amen. Listen, if you said yes with me today, connect with us. Follow the link after this message and connect with us. Let us help you put resources in your hand. Invite you to be a part of what God's doing in this ministry and in what he wants to do in your life because we want to be there for you. God bless you. Have a great day. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text JESUS, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. 
Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.